Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. This week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs is about the topic of powerlessness and how this can impact on your life and how it can also stop you in your tracks from just having a rich and rewarding life, having a happy life and having a life where you feel free to come and go and be who you are in your day-to-day life. And of course, this topic relates to victims and survivors of abusive relationships and how this powerlessness that happens to victims and survivors of abusive relationships can keep them stuck in the cycle of abuse and unable to move forward in their life. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandyj.com dot au forward slash workshop or just go to the episode notes and click on the link there. On this week's episode I'm going to explore something that not only plays a part in the lives of victims and survivors of abusive relationships but is something that everyone is faced with especially in the times that we are living in at the moment and that is that There are things in life that can keep us disempowered or things that have us feeling disempowered. Now, I was going to focus on self-love and why it is so important to learn what you need in the form of self-love. But there has been a push for this topic on powerlessness or feeling powerless that has taken the driver's seat, so to speak. And that's the point about why it is so important to recognize the things that are driving us and next ask what can I do to change this one of my favorite prayers which happens to be a prayer widely used in AA and their associated groups is called the serenity prayer before I share this prayer I firstly just want to say that although I am a deeply spiritual person, I am 100% respectful of everybody's individual beliefs. There is an underlying message to this prayer that I love so much that can be applied in your life, whether you are a spiritual person or not. And that is what I will focus on. And this is how the prayer goes. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It is a simple philosophy which can help us to redirect our thoughts to the things that are within our control. So this message I am sharing today came about because of some things going on in my own life and a conversation I had with my sister. 
So recently I was finding myself becoming more and more reactive to people who I would encounter who were not following the current regulations to wear masks outside. And I know that the regulations like they change depending on where you live. So here um, where I live in the state of Victoria in um, Australia, we have a restriction which is a requirement which says that if we are outside of our homes that we need to be wearing face masks. Um, so this can be in any context if you're just going for a walk. Um, you know, we sort of are not in high density with lots of people, but the same rule applies. And that's the way our government has just decided to try and keep the numbers down with COVID here in Victoria, Australia. And as I said, I know it's very different depending on where you live. But I found what was happening was that for me was that I was feeling annoyed and agitated and frustrated. And it was becoming distressing for me to keep encountering people who were not doing what we have all been told we're required to do here in the state of Victoria. So part of my annoyance was not knowing how to respond to this in a positive way. And so I would walk past these people and not do or say anything, but I had these internal feelings of frustration because um, for whatever reason, these people were not wearing masks. So that was one part of the frustration. Then another part of my frustration, it, it was that they were seemingly 100% oblivious to my annoyance at them not wearing masks. So they were kind of happily just going on with their day, their walk, and it wasn't impacting on them not to be wearing a mask. In You know, they were quite happy in themselves as they were going for their walk. But what it was to, that what they were doing was unnerving me and making me feel very frustrated. So I recognised that what was happening was that there was a division. Division because we are both coming from our own individual model of seeing the world and how we should live and what we should do. So one thing that COVID has done has made divisions within society much more visible. These divisions have always existed. These differences have always been there. It is just that we did not have so much clarity or evidence of this all around the world as we do today with one simple display of masks on or masks off. Now, I want to leave references to COVID, try and leave them here. Um, I don't want this to be an episode about me preaching about my beliefs about what people should or should not be doing in response to the COVID pandemic. There are enough people out there doing that already, and that's not the purpose of this podcast. My mission, my desire, my heart's desire is to help women to go from victimhood to become empowered, and that is why I'm creating this episode this week. So my point in using the masks as an example is that it illustrates a few things. It illustrates that there can be division between people in what they do and how they do things in life. It also illustrates that when people behave in certain ways that can impact on us, it can cause us to have a strong emotional response. It clearly illustrates too that the only person we are 100% in control of in our life is ourselves. So 
knowing that you are in control of you and not the person who can pass you by in the street or your neighbor or your colleague or your friend or your partner or your children can help you to do what I call the can do list. So I'll run through this list now. So firstly, C stands for create. Create your responses by putting your energy into thoughts of what you can do. Next, A stands for ask. Ask yourself what you can detach from to let go of the feelings of frustration that will otherwise be a weight that you will be carrying around with you. And next, N stands for navigate. Navigate your way forward by being in the driver's seat of your life. So that's can. Next, we've got do. And D stands for dream, detach, and drive. First, understand that you have the power to change your thoughts. That's where dreams come in. Next, know that you can detach from people, places, circumstances, feelings, and thoughts. That is in your power. And drive asks you to look at who is in the driver's seat. When you discover you are not because the external conditions are making you feel disempowered, you can consciously remind yourself that you are the driver of your life and get yourself back into the driver's seat again. And finally, O. O stands for objective and objectivity. Firstly, you need to ask yourself, what is the objective for you to take control of whatever it it is that is within your power. We often forget to ask ourselves the right questions to help us uncover or discover the answers we are looking for. Instead, we get caught up in making assumptions, which may or may not be true. So when you ask what is the objective for you to take control of whatever is within your power, the answer may be to get back control of your life or it may be to feel safe and secure. So get curious and ask what need is not being met. Allow that need to surface knowing this need will help you to take the steps you need to take to start doing what is within your power to have that need met. Secondly, objectivity. Now this speaks for itself. It is having the ability to see the big picture. Objectivity only comes when we are able to step back far enough to look at the thing, the person, the situation, the circumstance from far enough away that we have a bird's eye view of it. Objectivity is often found when we talk about things with someone else. Often other people who are removed from the thing that is impacting us are able to see things clearer than you or I can because we are in the thick of the circumstance and the emotions are often driving our thoughts and often our actions too. So if you are unable to see the big picture, it may be time to talk to someone, someone who you trust, someone who has experience, someone who is non-judgmental and you can talk to in confidence. So it doesn't have to be hard to get objectivity. It is just about knowing who you need to talk to to just get that fresh perspective on what's going on and get that objectivity. So that's the can-do list. Okay, and you can do this list anytime you find yourself feeling disempowered. 
Identifying things that are within our control enables us to become empowered. Empowered in our choices, empowered in our actions, and ultimately empowered in our lives. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But this way of responding to external influences that make you feel disempowered are often far from being easy. Now, I'm going to go back to the example I used earlier just for a minute, okay, about wearing masks or not wearing masks and the way that that made me feel. Although I know and practice the can-do method, that doesn't mean I put it into action the second I see myself become affected and effectively disempowered by other people's actions. That's not the case at all. The funny thing is that these things can creep up on us and we're not even aware, consciously aware, straight away that what is happening to us is we're becoming disempowered by that thing, that situation, that circumstance, that external influence, whatever it might be. We don't know that our feelings may be actually taking us out of the driver's seat and putting us into a reactive state where we become victims of circumstance. And that's exactly what happened to me. It was over a course of time as I was going out for walks that these feelings of frustration were just creeping in when I was going for my walk. Now, my walking time is a special time for me. It's a form of self-care for me. It's one of my practices and one of the ways that I honour my self-care and tell myself that I am worth looking after by getting outside into nature and exercising my body and allowing myself to breathe deeply and just stop all the busyness and just get into a rhythm and reconnect with nature and with myself. So walking is just so great for the mind, the body and the spirit, but my joy of walking was being robbed by these feelings of frustration that I was feeling towards others. It really took me some time to remember that I needed to put the can to process into practice and see what was within my power to change. And I managed to get through the steps of the process to a point, but still found that I was not fully detaching. So those feelings of frustration were still lingering a bit. And um, I found that I was still feeling a little bit reactive when I came across people not wearing masks. And that was up until I had a conversation with my beautiful sister who has hit a milestone along with the rest of Melbourne, um, which is the main city sort of area in Victoria, where they have reached 200 days of lockdown since COVID started in early 2020. And that has been through various lockdowns over the course of the last um, year and a half or so. And that has meant that um, they're not allowed to do things like uh, not allowed to go further than five kilometers away from their home. They're not to leave their home unless they are need to go grocery shopping or have a medical appointment. Um, it's very, the restrictions are really tight. They're also, they're not allowed to exercise anywhere sort of outside of that 5K zone from, you know, the, where they live. Um, playgrounds have been closed, um, which means my sister's got young children. The, she's got one who's in school and one who's in kindergarten. So there's no kindergarten at the moment and school, she's homeschooling during this, doing remote learning during this time of lockdown again. 
um, which is very, very challenging for parents. And there's all these limitations because of these restrictions that have been put on her. And um, and people are very, uh, very strong with their opinions about whether the restrictions um, should or shouldn't be in place to the level, degree that they are at the moment. And um, so you've got the, you, you know, you're dealing with these restrictions as it is and these limitations that are being placed on your life and then on top of it you're also contending with your own feelings towards um, the restrictions and then um, having perhaps friends that you know have differing opinions to you and people feel very strongly about whether restrictions should be there or they shouldn't, uh, whether people should be vaccinated or they shouldn't. There's just, as I was saying, like there's just this time um, in society, in the world, there's these very clear divisions that are coming up and these divisions can actually cause a lot of stress and they can put you into a reactive state as I was describing about what was happening to me with the walking and so my sister just she reminded me and it really helped me because she uses the can-do method in her own life and she reminded herself that she needed to just focus on what she can do instead of all the things that she can't. And if her her uh, opinions, if they differed from her friends about whether or not to be in restrictions, um, again, she used that method and allowed herself to detach from those differences because they those different opinions to her own were not within her control and she recognised that and she recognised that if she was going to allow herself to get caught up in trying to argue those differences with her friends that she would be putting her energy into um, those strong emotions and she just you know, concluded that it was better for her to not do that and put her energy instead into what she can do to stay positive with all the restrictions that are going on and how that actually impacts on her life. So these are all choices and these, and that's a good example with, you know, my sister of how um, she has thought through this and made conscious choices knowing that these external things aren't in her control but choosing to focus on what she can do in the way that she thinks and she feels about the things that are going on at the moment so that conversation with my sister gave me the final piece that I needed, which was objectivity. I needed to hear it from somebody else, basically. I needed to be reminded of what I already know to be true. Now, when I take myself back to the time that I was in an abusive relationship, that time in my life where I was disempowered by someone who was hell-bent on sabotaging my life and hurting me, well, I can clearly remember being caught in a cycle of only being able to see all the limitations, all the things that I could not do, all the ways all the ways that I was disempowered and all the ways I was feeling disempowered. I couldn't see any choices and fear did a great job of keeping me stuck and I just want to talk about this for a minute because this is something I was reminded of today that many people would rather stay with something they don't like than take a risk by doing something different because something different is usually something new. You're going into new territory. You don't know 
what um, to expect. And the unknown um, is often more frightening than what we're accustomed to. Sometimes people feel safer staying with a situation, a circumstance or a person that is making them completely miserable over taking that risk that I was talking about to try something else. I know I've more or less said the same thing over just now, but it is one of those things that you, me and everyone needs to be reminded of because this tendency that people have to take a back seat in their lives is super, super common. I know that it is because that's the way that I lived my life without even knowing that this is what I was doing. And I think that plays a big part of it. I think that when you are in, not in the driver's seat and you're taking a back seat, sometimes you're consciously aware of it and you may be okay with it because if you're in a relationship, you're trusting the other person has got your back and they're not going to take you anywhere bad. But when you're in an abusive relationship, that's not the case. And even if you're not in an abusive relationship, you want to move away from being codependent on somebody else and you want to move into that place of being interdependent so that you are both able to function fully without the other person. But you know, you're there with each other because you love each other, but that doesn't mean that you cannot function in life without them. So um, that's the ideal, um, the ideal scenario in relationships that you're both in the driver's seat of your life. So when you're in an abusive relationship and you have... Um, you are in the back seat and you don't want to be in the back seat anymore. You need to work on how to get back into the driver's seat. And that's why this episode is so important because you need to first start working on your mindset. And that means putting the can do, um, the can do list into practice where you can with what you can control with your mind because you may not be able to control the other person. You may not be able to control the circumstance that is happening at the moment. But one thing that you can control is you can control your mind. So that might mean that you practice detaching from those feelings of frustration and um, stress that it's causing you, allowing some of that to be let go so that you start conserving some of your energy to put your energy into connecting with support, connecting with the people who can help you to see what you can do. And once you are aware of what you can do, then you can do the next thing, which is to start actually taking steps to break that cycle of abuse. So you can feel completely disempowered when you are in an abusive relationship and um, you feel like you can't get one step ahead of the other person and I tried that game of trying to get one step ahead of my abusive ex-partner and it never worked but it was like I was caught in this cycle of sort of cl cleaning up the messes that he was making in my life and then I was also based on each situation of what would happen I would then try and troubleshoot and try and see what I needed to do to prevent that from happening again. So, um, but it wasn't, um, 
it wasn't within the things that he was going to do next were never within my control. And so I needed to really shift my perspective to instead of um, trying to control him with what he might do was to actually work out, start thinking about things differently and start thinking about, well, what do I need with that underlying need, that underlying need of feeling safe? that underlying need of having stability, um, that underlying need to have peace of mind. So what did I need to do to start creating those things in my life? And that is not uh, trying to control how he was going to keep impacting was on okay what do I need to do to get myself away from this person so that I can start trying to create the underlying needs that were not being met in that relationship so I'm not saying that any of this is easy all right Uh, but it is possible and it is certainly possible with support Okay, so the thing that holds us back, as I said, is fear. Okay, it's a big one. And there's fear of being hurt, fear of not being good enough, fear of success, fear of missing out, fear of failing, fear of losing, fear of making a mistake, fear of being rejected and the list of fears goes on and on and on. But fear is the thing that keeps us disempowered. The problem with this is that we allow fear to hold us back from getting into the driver's seat and we are miserable. We're unsatisfied, unfulfilled, unhappy, and then the escapes come in to help us fill that void. So when we're when we've lost control um, and we're not in the driver's seat and uh, we're unhappy, then we look, we turn to things, other things to try and escape our unhappiness and the, you know, the situation and how that's impacting on us. So my long-term escape was smoking. This is, you know, something I never thought I would be able to give up, by the way, okay? This escape habit had become so ingrained in me that I felt incapable of changing it. I stayed in what is called a pre-contemplative state for the longest time. The pre-contemplative state is that state where you are thinking about making a change. You are thinking about doing something. You are mulling it over in your mind, thinking It is the right thing to do, but fear and a whole lot of reasons. Oh, did I say reasons? Sorry, I mean justifications are found to continue turning to that escape for what you think it is giving you to give you that feeling of relief you need to keep putting up with the things that you want to be different in your life but don't know how to make different. Does that make sense? So I bought all the stop smoking aids known to humankind and they sat there staring at me for ages while I stayed in my pre-contemplative state thinking about doing the thing I knew to be right but didn't want to change because it had been a part of my life for such a long time. I knew that it was controlling me, but I told myself it was more like a part of me. And both those things were true. 
So what did it take for me to change a bad habit I had for years that was my escape? Because it was the thing that I did to pause, to take a breath in my stressful days and my stressful life. It was a form of meditation for me. Or so I told myself. So first of all, I had to first be on the other side of the abusive relationship I was in. I couldn't do it when I was in a harrowing situation where, um, you know, uncertainty and fear and that hypervigilant state of all always looking over my shoulder while I was still in that stage I was unable to even begin to think about stopping smoking so I needed to get through that first which was huge but after escaping that cycle of abuse there was quite a long time where I needed evidence to see that I was okay, I was going to be okay, that my kids were okay, that my kids were going to be okay. I was still carrying around all of this fear of maybe still having more problems with my abusive ex-partner and um, and I needed time to see that I was all right. So I was still in a very stressed out time with that uncertainty of not knowing um, whether we were going to be okay. And I could not have given up at that time. Um so I needed to get through those stages first to be able to tackle this big change in my life to give up a give away this thing that had been such a prop for me to help me to get through all those stressful times. So that was the first thing that I needed to do. And the second thing I had to do was to get some support to help me break that old habit and create a new healthy habit. And that came in the form of a few different supports. One, I had my GP, my doctor, and he actually gave me prescribed uh, medication, which is a stop smoking aid. And that did a brilliant job of um, of really taking away that craving. And it was um, a huge, a huge um, help to me to be able to stop smoking. I also had, uh, I was tapped into counselling at the time. And um, having the support of my counsellor during that time was really important. And I... Um, was by that time in a, a new relationship with a, a healthy relationship with a good man who I'm now married to and I had his support through that time as well. Was it easy? No. <laughs> I can honestly say to you it was not easy but it was possible with the right support for me to do. So thirdly, I had to be prepared to go through that thing that I just mentioned, and that is to go through some discomfort, some pain, and some adjustment to a life without smoking. So often big changes like this, uh, when we, we have unhealthy escapes that we use, that we're so, we've become so reliant upon, they can be very very challenging for us to uh, to change to let go of and um and there will be often a time of real pain and discomfort that goes along with that as we adjust and this takes time so that's the last thing that um I think is needed is time. I needed to allow myself time to reprogram my mind. It wasn't something that was going to happen 
overnight um but it did happen eventually and um as somebody who was a smoker i would say it took me a year before I'd really gone through that transformation where now fast forward a few years to today and I can't even recall what it was like being a smoker, which is huge, absolutely huge, but it is like an example to show you that these changes are possible and but you need to get yourself into the driver's seat because when it comes to habits to change them it needs to come from you if you've got a habit that needs to change you're the one who has to ultimately say I need to change this habit in myself and I'm prepared to give it a go I'm prepared to get some support to help me try and do it I'm prepared to just try this because part of not trying something can often be, as I said before, the fear of failure. So because you don't want to fail, because you know that it's hard to change a habit, you might just say, I'm not going to try because I know this is so hard in the first place. If I fail, that means I'm going to have to try again. And then I've got to go through more pain and discomfort. And if I fail, then it's going to make me feel like a failure. And then I'm going to feel really bad about myself. And then I'm probably going to smoke more or whatever it is, the thing that you do because you feel down on yourself for not succeeding at getting that old habit gone and um, and adopting a new healthy habit instead. But I want to say to you that if there is an old habit, you know, please use my example and know that you know, I, there were many opportunities through my life to, to stop smoking. Every day was an opportunity. Yet in my mind, I needed to have certain things in place. I needed to be at a certain place in my life to be able to deal with that uh, addiction. And when I was at a certain place in my life, I still needed to a whole lot of pre-contemplation convincing myself that, um, you know, I was okay to give this a try now and then I needed to be prepared to take that leap and just give it a go and it was one day leading into the next day then leading into the next day and you know soon it became a week and then before I knew it it was two weeks and then three weeks and then a month and were those days easy? No, they weren't. They weren't easy, but I got through them and eventually everything changed for me. I was no longer in pain because I was not having a cigarette anymore. And I wish, I wish that somebody had told me how much better I would feel, how much more energy I'd have and how good it would feel when I was back in the driver's seat of my life. And that's exactly what I want to share with you. It's easy to take the back seat. It's not easy being the driver. The driver has to stay aware and be very responsible. But remember, the driver calls the shots. We all fall into victimhood and fall back to the driver's seat over and over again, day in and day out in our lives. So the last thing you need to do is to beat yourself up about those times when you are in the back seat. It's just a case of being aware that you've gone to the back seat and what do you need to do now to get back into the driver's seat. It's as simple as that because you're no different to me or the next person. We 
all have this thing where we will fall back into the driver's seat. Not for, I beg your pardon, we have this thing where we fall into the back seat and we fall into victimhood. So when you do fall into victimhood, ask yourself, what need do you have right now that isn't being met? Start there. Start by asking yourself what you need. And once you've identified that, then you can work out what you can do and what you can do about the way you're thinking about the situation or the thing, that what you can do about the way that you are feeling. So there are always lots of things that we can do. Can you detach from that circumstance, that person, that feeling? There's so many things that you can do to detach. I, I want you to remind yourself that the driver's seat is where you want to be if you want to find happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, and a rich and rewarding life. So next time you feel yourself becoming reactive and you are feeling disempowered, ask yourself, what can you do? There will always be things in life that are out of our control, but this does not have to rob you of your ability to choose something for yourself, even if it is to choose to detach from the things that are not within your control. And remember the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. All right, sending you love, light, and blessings. Sandy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving 
and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.